Hello, how are you today? Well, it's uh, great to see such a great turnout. Uh, my name is Rahwa. I uh, volunteer in the uh, in well the Norwegian Council for Africa at the Africa Horn Group. Um, well, I think you already know why we're here today and what we'll be discussing. I'm not going to be on the stage. I'm just doing the introductions. But um, yeah. Uh, so uh, if anyone, before we start, if anyone is interested in volunteering for Fellas uh, Roda for Africa or Norwegian Council for Africa or be a part of the uh, Horn of Africa group, uh, please contact Hilda. Hilda, where are you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Hilda or Thea. Thea is sitting next to Hilda. Uh, so I'm just going to introduce our uh, moderator today. Uh, his name is uh, Abisalom Havdamikael and he's going to be doing the introduction while we're doing this today and then the discussions are going to continue. If you have any questions, please note them down or just memorize them because we're going to have a Q&A round after the discussions are done. That will be at 7 o'clock. So thank you. Thank you for showing up. Uh, as you know, we will be talking about Ethiopia today, particularly about ethnic politics. And so I will say a little bit about Ethiopian politics. Um, Ethiopian politics is a complex and common, and describing it will be very difficult. Uh, but to, prove, to provide a background to the topic we will be discussing today, I will attempt to quickly take you through some of the most important parts of it. And that I'll try to paint the overall picture of what was going on before the election of uh, the new Prime Minister, Abiy Ahmed. After the downfall of the communist military regime, the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia was established in 1991. <coughs> and this was uh, established under the rule of the coalition party, APRDF. APRDF is composed of political parties uh, representing different ethnic groups, initiated and dominated by the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front also known as TPLF. Uh, APRDF implemented a state system based in ethnicity, ethnic federalism. Uh, the core thought was to recognize all ethnicities and various groups in Ethiopia, and that wasn't recognized and taken into consideration in politics before APRDF came to power. Uh, the turnout of ethnic federalism was something different though. Since 1995, several multi-party elections have taken place, all of, all of them won by APRDF some of them landslides. This has raised questions and skepticism by different politicians, both at home and abroad. And uh, some started opposing APRDF. As they started feeling marginalized from both the political platform and decision-making process on the economy of the country. The dominance of one specific party in all aspects of governance of the country became clear and corruption was part of the working process throughout the country. Questioning the government or the lack of fair and dependable election results become a problem. And arbitrary arrests of people opposing APRDF in, in any shape or form happened all over the country. There was a large number of political prisoners and especially journalists were present to keep silent. And democratic rights like the freedom of speech and freedom of the press was non-existing at all. Several movements throughout the country opposed the regime and in February last year, the former Prime Minister Haile Mariam Dastaling resigned from his position to support citizens' demand of political reform. In April 2018, Abiy Ahmed came to power as the new Prime Minister in Ethiopia. And from election day, Abiy had high, a very high ambition to, uh, for reform in the country. Releasing political prisoners, welcoming back banned political parties, opening up space to speak more freely in the political realm, 
as well as the, his the historical statement starting a peace process with the neighboring Eritrea. Whilst positive reform was taking place on the surface, ethnic-based conflicts also occurred in various parts of the country, dividing the nation and further uh, exceeding to, to moving different peoples from different ethnic groups. Hundreds were killed, churches burned down, priests were burned alive, and assaults against women were also experienced. Mob justice and intolerance between ethnic groups became the norm, as a result, Ethiopia became the number one country in the world for internally displaced people in 2018. From the beginning, Abiy Ahmed promoted unity, equality, based on democratic values. As the political space opened, one could expect a more settled and united country working towards the same goal. However, the situation today is different. So to discuss more on this, we're joined here by uh, thoughtful and well-respected individuals. Uh, our first panelist is Dr. Wandumu Makonen. Mr. Wandumu is a fellow of British Higher Education Academy. He is currently teaching at the University of Buckingham in England. He was one of the exiled Addis Ababa University academics. He's known for extensively writing on human rights issues in Ethiopia for the past 23 years. He campaigned to the extent of going on hunger strikes before downing streets for prisoners. He's known for his critical writings and speeches on ethnic politics. He traveled all the way from London, so let's welcome him warmly. Our second panelist is Louise Allen, uh, who is a research director at Christian Michelson Institute. She is a political scientist focusing on democracy, governance, women's employment, and empowerment in the Horn of Africa. She has researched African politics for the last two decades, including several long-term fieldworks. And she has developed an extensive knowledge of social, economic, political conditions of the wide Horn of Africa region in particular. Her PhD dissertation explored, explored the Ethiopian ethnic-based federal system. She is currently leading a four-year research project on women in the developmental state, female employment, and empowerment in Ethiopia. She has written numerous journals. A few to mention are Power Calculation and Political Decentralization in Africa Post-Conflict in 2017, Ethiopia After Mala Stability in, for How Long in 2014, and also uh, I know she has contributed some, some articles for the Norwegian Council uh, for Africa, so you can look at it at africa.no. She also traveled quite a distance from Bergen, so let's welcome her warmly. <laughs> All right, with that being said, I'll, I'll go ahead with my first question. I'll start uh, with you, Wandumu. So our, uh, our central topic is ethnic politics today, and uh, Ethiopia has been practicing ethnic-based politics for the past three decades. So uh, based on that, what can we say about ethnic politics in Ethiopia, and what can be said about the uh, byproduct or outcome of ethnic politics in general. Um, thank you. Um, before I go in that, um, I always, I, this is not my first time to be in Norway, and I love the country and I love the people, and it is a pleasure to be among you. Um, it's a wonderful city here, and thank you for looking after, my, after me as well, and thank you for everything. Uh, ethnic politics, <laughs> well, ethnic politics for me is the worst form of racism, cleverly designed by um, maybe uh, academics, and it has got a fascial lift called ethnic politics, but ethnic, but actually it is racism and it is naked form, 
It's just me, my race, my people, and that's it. You forget, we all forget. If we start promoting ethnic politics, you now know me where I stand from the start. If, if, I, if I start promoting my ethnic politics, I stand for my ethnic only, and the rest are secondary. I don't care about the rest. But we all are human races, for heaven's sake. Can you imagine you, all of you, have held, migrated from Ethiopia? DNA tells us that, and the migration has not stopped yet. So all of us are from the same source. We all are human beings, okay? To see, uh, I don't blindly just condemn ethnic politics. No, there are merits for it. There are advantages. We have to see the advantages and the disadvantages of ethnic politics, okay? To begin with, let us put it, let's look at the advantage first. First of all, it creates, ethnic politics creates awareness of, awareness of culture, own culture, and development of own language. That's the advantage, okay? But imagine in a country like Ethiopia where more than 80 dialects are spoken, then if everybody continues learning and concentrating on his own or her own ethnic language, there will be no understanding among the people. So we were talking this morning with Abisalom. The reason the Babylon, the Babel <laughs> wall was crumbled down was because the people didn't understand each other. And that's what's happening in Ethiopia. That is what, we have to have one language. Anyway, I'll go to that later. There will be more opportunities to climb up the ladder of uh, leadership. More opportunities. If uh, Abisalom comes from one ethnic group and I come from another ethnic group, and if we have our ethnic enclave, like they did it in South Africa, like Bantustan enclave, well, I will aspire to become the leader of that abbey also. So we try to climb from that there. He wants to be a leader of his group, and there won't be much conflict between us. So we don't fight for one, one post. That is why it is, that is one advantage. I'm talking the advantage, okay? Uh, there is always this, uh, competition is good, by the way. Competition is good. So there would be competition among ethnic groups to develop their own area, yeah? Their own area, you, you just devote your time and energy to develop your own enclave. Call it enclave, I call it. I'm sorry, Wondemu, but I have, I have to at you so that we can use the time for the equally for okay for all, all the questions all right. so i'm going to give uh, luisa uh, the opportunity if you have something to add and you have mentioned the, all all the problems that are related with ethnic politics but yeah. i want to add on that can we well uh, considering the conflicts that are taking place in ethiopia now mm. can we uh, blame all the problems just on ethnic politics or are there other things that are also related within the ethnic uh, mm. tensions that are in the country. Yeah, I mean, uh, what is 
ethnicity? What is ethnic conflict? It's also uh, it's also a difficult question, isn't it? I mean, um, when you look at what goes on in Ethiopia today, it's a lot about um, land, access to land, about boundaries, about uh, control of resources and administrations. So in a way, you can say that they use ethnic identities in order to mobilize support and uh, legitimacy for those claims that they have. Um, and I think that's been the kind of the the... the the rule of the game for the last uh, 27 years since uh, Biedef came to power. And, that, and I think ethnic politics or ethnic-based claims or all these things, it doesn't have to be racist, it doesn't have to be bad, but the way it has been used by both uh, you know, the ruling party and by those who would like to get access to resources has been quite damaging. Um, and, and one of the fundamental problems with ethnic-based politics, as I see it, and that's been practiced in Ethiopia, is that it is somehow cementing uh, quite fluid identities. Uh, you know, uh, I am married to an Ethiopian. He's an Oromo and an Amhara, mixed. He, he, can, uh, he can, in some contexts, he can, he can promote his Amhara identity. In other contexts, he can promote his Oromo identity. But when you have an ethnic-based political system, you need to choose. And, and boundaries between ethnic groups become much more important. Uh, Ethiopia has always been very mixed. There always been um, intermarriages between ethnic groups. And that became a bit difficult during the last 27 years. Um, and of course, that's, that's been quite deliberate from the ruling party. They knew that as a minority government, they had to make sure that you were sitting on your uh, ethnic group, he was sitting on his, so that you couldn't come together and challenge the center. So it's been a very important tool. Um, and and the, the problems that we see today are, of course, a, much of a very, you know, much of it is a result of the, that kind of political game. Abi has inherited it. Some of it has been suppressed. Many ethnic conflicts have been suppressed, like, for example, the Sidama claim has not been allowed to come up to the um, surface. Now it's coming up because there is an opening. So that's also one important reason why there is more ethnic conflicts now than uh, a year ago or two years ago. All right. Well, one of the problems we observe in Ethiopia today uh, is the messages that are being sent to the public polls uh, in mainstream medias and on social medias. Uh, there are messages that incite violence, message of exclusion and discrimination, false narrative of history, and all is done in the name of promoting political party or an idea. And uh, it's all backed by freedom of speech and democracy. Uh, politi politicians and activists are playing with it with no concerns of the outcome, and a lot of lives are lost because of it. So my question is, does practicing ethnic politics influencing the democratization of the country? Wonder we can start with you. No, uh, absolutely no. My answer is no. Uh, democracy is about individual rights, about individual freedoms, and not group rights and group freedoms. Individual rights are stiffened if you talk about just group rights. So you follow the group, you don't, you don't you don't go your way and say whatever you like. No. Um, this is 
what they did, my, my colleague here has told you, it is about divide and rule. I wish I had this, the, 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 the picture there I would have shown you. Two antelopes were fighting and a leopard came and devoured one of them. That is what is happening in Ethiopia. Let me put it not to bore you much. Democracy and ethnic politics are mutually exclusive, totally exclusive. Democracy only for whom? Democracy for the ruling party. Apart from that, the rest of the people have not that right. That is why hundreds of, hundreds of journalists went into exile, tenth of them imprisoned. At one point, Ethiopia was the second country after China who had more prisoners, more, more, more journalists in prison. Therefore, there is no democracy for the mass, but there is a democracy only for those ruling elites. One of the top, one of the top um, officials uh, of TPLF, that is Getacho Radda, just the other week said that uh, he was interviewed and he was talking about the democracy in the EPRDF. He said it is like a bottom bottle with wide open from the bottom and narrow from the, no, from the, the bottom turned up, that means. That means the ruling class, some, some groups have got the right to speak what they like, but the ordinary person have no light, right. Whatever the TPLF or the EPRDF brought so far to the country has not benefited the people. The people cannot say anything and get away with it. No, you can't oppose the government. It is like a communist or a Nazi style, Gestapo up there and watching you, your steps, your mouth, what you write, and kill you even, or stiffen you, that is why Democracy is not there in the country. That is why our youth are fleeing the country and perishing in the desert, in the Sahara Desert, while trying to cross. That is why some of them are perishing in the Red Sea, going into the most wild place like Yemen to cross and come to Europe. Few succeed to come to Oslo or London or you know, European, European cities. We are here, not by, because we wanted it, but because there is no democracy in the country. There is no rights in the country. Ethnic politics and democracy are, I will repeat, mutually exclusive. Thank you. All right. Maybe, Luisa, you can say, can you add something especially about the freedom of speech? Because mm -hmm. when it's open, it's causing a lot yes. of problems. And if you could... Yeah, and I, I really also feel the need to, to make the picture a bit more nuanced and to appreciate what's going on in Ethiopia at the moment. It's not all dark and it's not all um, authoritarian. Uh, there are glimpses of hopes and I think that's also important to acknowledge. And I think that's need, that need, we need to support that, those good moves. Um, 
Uh, Abiy Ahmed has been in power for one year now, the new prime minister. He is an Oromo. He is representing uh, a formerly marginalized ethnic group. He is not preaching ethnic politics, which is a big uh, progress. Uh, of course, you can always question his, uh, his um, intentions uh, because he, his biggest constituency are the Oromos, the biggest ethnic group in Ethiopia. But you know what has been really creating a lot of uh, uh, hopes for the future is his talk about Medemer, about that, that uh, Ethiopian ethnic groups should stand together and should not be divided by ethnic politics. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's something we should appreciate and support. Um, but of course, as you say, you know, this kind of liberalization and opening has created, in many ways, a media war on ethnic lines. Um, you have, for example, um, instead of having completely independent media being developed, you have regional TV and radio stations that are not any longer loyal to Melezanawi or to TPLF or IPDF, but are loyal to the new reformed Romo party or the new reformed Amhara party, or they're still the TPLF. And they are supporting their agendas and they fight each other. So the media wars that are going on now are reflections of the internal tension in the EPRF. And then in addition, you have social media activists who also uh, spread easily false um, news, uh, fake uh, news. And it's not easy to contain that. And in a very tense situation of, for example, ethnic conflict, uh, if you have, you have uh, for example, conflicts in the Western Ethiopia between the Oromos and the Benishan Gulgumus, for example, in such a context, when, when fake news are spread, it can be easily deadly. And, and uh, it's, it is important, and it takes time to mature and to learn how to, how to um, contain these kind of things and, and be an, um, an, a responsible activist. Um, I don't think the, the, um, the solution is to close it all again as it was. Um, it, it, we need to, to, to be patient and to appreciate what goes well. I'm not saying that everything goes well, but I think it, it's not... When, when there are progresses, we should acknowledge that. We shouldn't talk about politics as if it was like 10 or 20 years ago, because it's not. I heard that they are working on a new regulation on that, so hopefully it will work. And um, my next question is: uh, uh, We heard one of the things most of the people that oppose ethnic, ethnic uh, federalism or ethnic politics say is that the ethnicization of the Yaws. Most people say that we are losing a national identity, and peoples are ethnicized on all corners of the country. So. What are the roles of ethnic politics in the ethnicization of citizens, which can further escalate to conflicts between different ethnic groups? Because most of the conflicts between the ethnic groups are related to the peoples being ethnicized instead of seeing themselves as a united people. Well, actually, ethnicizing or ethnic promoting ethnic pol uh, politics 
actually foments, um, as I said before, competition uh, before people lived everywhere, anywhere. For example, I was born, I am from the, my parents came from the Gojam area uh, around the Blue Nile, River Tana, the contending now, you know, Egypt is nervous about it. Uh, and then I was born among the Oromos, okay? And I grew up speaking the language to a certain age and nobody dared where I lived. Where, know who I am, they know who I am. We grew up together, we didn't care. We, we went to, to, to school together and we never cared. A good example is now Addis Ababa, where the melting pot. Nobody, nobody asks you who you are. Who, all that matters was you are an Ethiopian and that's all really. Uh, ethnicizing makes you like aware of your own, your own people. And then they are telling you, you know, ethnicizing the people would push them to evict you from their area. Like, you know, this is my area, go away. Go where you come from. Where will I go? I was born in Ilubabor among the Oromo people. I grew up with my friends, the Oromos, and there are Amaras, of course, there too, and other ethnic groups like the Majangar or the Gambellans. I grew up with these people. Uh, where will I go? To go jump, which I don't know. You see, thousands have been affected from where they were born and bred and they didn't know where to go. How many thousands have been evicted from Somalia area or almost? They didn't know where to go. They were like, you know, they're homeless and trying to be settled. Imagine settling hundreds of thousands of evicted people, leaving their houses, leaving their places, leaving their area, just because, just because their bloodstream is not from that area. Actually, as my, col my colleague here was telling you, nobody is pure Oromo. Nobody is pure Amara. Nobody. All of us are mixed race, mixed, mixed together. There is no different race. All of us are Ethiopians. The only difference one can mention will be the language. If an Ethiopian walks on the street, you can't tell that is Oromo, oh, that's Samara. No, you can't. We are the same people, the same color, the same culture. The way we behave itself is the same thing. Unless you promote something different. So you tell me you are different and different. Ethnicize me. So I'm going to look at, 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 at my neighbor now, not like I used to, to do. This time, it's like me or them thing, we or us or them thing. That idea is dangerous. That is absolutely not palatable, not affordable in a country like Ethiopia. So promoting unity probably and democracy and the right of individuals, I, I, I can repeat that. The individual right has to be respected 
And then, of course, group rights come automatically. Okay. That is it. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I'm, I'm just going to bring you back, uh, if you could add something on that, because I wanted to ask its relation uh, between the ethnic politics and what's that, it, uh, what's ethnic politics is playing the role to ethni ethnicize the house. What's the politics role in ethnicizing them? Yeah, I, I think, uh, as I said, and, uh, uh, you know, the ethnic-based federal system, that you have a constitution that says every ethnic group has a right to self-determination, uh, is, of course, uh, encouraging people to think along ethnic lines. Um, to some extent, I agree with you that, of course, yes, Ethiopians are you know, Ethiopians, and they are, you know, they have a lot of diff uh, common cultural traits. Um, but I also think it's important to acknowledge that um, during the previous regimes before the EPRF, there was, it was not easy to be an Oromo, it was not easy to be a Sidama, uh, it was not easy to be all kinds of minorities. Uh, during Haile Selassie, it was uh, the Orthodox Christianity. It was Amharic. That was the the rule of uh, of the the law of the land. And during uh, the Derg, there were some more openings for practicing your language and your culture. But that was that's that's it. You know, you couldn't mobilize on ethnic identities. So in a way, I you, there is some rationale in acknowledging and you know, um, acknowledging the diversity that's existing in Ethiopia. But the way it has been practiced, the way it has been used as a, as a political instrument, has really ethnicized um, Ethiopians in many ways. But I think also there is a strong sentiment in favor of an Ethiopian, all Ethiopian identity among many people. Of course, it is an elite phenomenon in many ways. Uh, it's easy for those who are, you know, educated, living in big cities, to have that kind of identity. While those who live in the countryside and only know their mother tongue, you know, it's not that easy to, you know, they may feel like an Ethiopian, but they can maybe not communicate. Of course, that's also a result of ethnic politics because uh, they have been learning their mother tongue more than before, and then it's not so easy to speak Amharic. So, but uh, when it comes to youth groups that you mentioned, um, now, as you probably know, one of the most important movers and shakers before Abiy came to power was the Oromo group called Kero. Now, uh, what has happened uh, the, during the last couple of years is that you've had uh, youth groups within all the major ethnic groups in Ethiopia. And these are very similar to the Kero informally organized, or maybe they are more organized than we think, but they present themselves as not so organized in order to probably avoid being controlled. Um, you have them in, in, in uh, Amhara, in Sidama, in Gurage Wolaita, and they are playing a quite worrying role. Um, if you go to Awasa now, for example, the Egyptos of the Sidama, they are in the forefront of fighting for the Sidama uh, regional state. And they um, are a mixture of very politicized, ethnicized youth and people who take the law in their own hands. So it's very difficult to distinguish 
between those who really have a, a feeling that they have a legitimate cause and those who exploit opportunity. And uh, I think this is something that has to be dealt with, uh, and particularly ahead of the next uh, elections that m are possibly going to be in the 2020. You mentioned federalism almost <laughs> on, all, on all questions. Federalism is re related with everything we were trying to raise. And uh, you can't, uh, most people actually blame the whole problem on ethnic federalism. And some are trying to, uh, to, ma to make a difference between ethnic federalism and ethnic politics. So I want to I start with you this question because you, you did your research on uh, federalism. So. Uh, can federalism be possible in Ethiopia without ethnic lines or mixing it up with ethnic politics? Of course, it can. It can. I mean, you can have a federal system without anything to do with the ethnic politics. I mean, that's, that's common in all over the world. So Ethiopia is very peculiar in that way, that you have a division along ethnic that, lines. That's where I come with the how. Yeah. So, But the problem is, as far as I see it now, is that you can't just... Be, uh, um, draw back, pull back all the things, all the rights that you've been giving to, to ethnic groups at the moment. I think that's, that's something that those who argue for a non-ethnic federalism is not really uh, seeing. Now, you have to find a way of dealing with those uh, ethnic communities that have really gained from ethnic politics. Yeah? Those who have got their own leaders. Uh, who have been able to learn in their mother tongue. All these things are quite positive. So how can you then, if you're going to take away uh, ethnic, all kinds of ethnic aspects of politics, what will then happen to these people? I think there will be a lot of um, instability and a lot of conflicts, also if you take it away. Uh, but of course, it's also creating a lot of problems in itself. So we are a bit stuck here. So I think it needs a lot of creativity, Maybe uh, some, um, some uh, rearrangement of boundaries and maybe less emphasis on, on ethnicity when you draw lines. But I think it will be very difficult to say that ethnic groups shouldn't have a right to govern themselves as it is now. Uh, one more. I'm, I'm just going to remind you, probably you know the older map of Ethiopia. So what, 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 what can you add on this? On, on the po possibility of federalism without ethnic lines? Well, probably Ethiopia is going to be like, an, like a guinea pig of ethnic politics and creating federalism along the ethnic lines. Besides, there is no such ethnic lines, probably the language line, I'd better call it. If you call it ethnic, then the majority of Ethiopians are mixed, intermarried. The children are, they have to choose one, which is really ridiculous. Therefore, um, well, et federalism is possible without ethnic ethnicity. That has been proved in United States of America. It's a federal state, isn't it? United States, so there are, how many, how many states are there? Is that, are there German states there? Are there Russian states there? Are there Spanish states there? But all these people live there. There is no English state in the United States of America. If it is possible in the United States of America, 
then it should be possible everywhere. Federalism. I tell you, ethnic politics, there is no country in the world that followed ethnic politics and prospered. I bring Russia, the USSR, that was a powerful nation in the world. When they broke up, thanks to Stalin who brought in the idea of nations and nationalities right up um, to self-determination, up to secession, they broke up and they became pathetic small states, except the Federation of Russia, which has got Chechenia and Gushia and little, little, little states there. And Russia is just nothing now, really. Um, they've got nuclear power, and that's the only thing they can live on. <laughs> nothing else, really. And, and you remember, they were the ones who used to get all the gold medal at Olympics. And now, <laughs> now even Ethiopia can beat them in number of <laughs> gold <laughs> running. They become pathetic. What has it done for Yugoslavia? What, what has it done? Uh, well, Bosnia became just a pawn, yeah? Croatia and uh, Serbs fighting among themselves used Bosnia as a, <laughs> as a place where they could fight, you know, fight out. And what happened? Now Yugoslavia is not there. And what is happening? Just the struggling, developing little, little countries like Kosovo and things like that. What has it done? The only place I know where probably ethnic politics did something good, ethnicizing is a bit, of course, a downplaying it, is Switzerland, a small country here. Yeah, Switzerland, some are speaking Flemish, some are speaking French, some are speaking German, and they are prospering. But these are a well-developed nation. But for a country like Ethiopia, it's not yet developed. Every time we are about to develop, something knocks us down, really throws us back to Stone Age, where it come from. Ethnicizing. And you, 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 just, you just have to play cleverly, as my colleague here said. You have to teach the people the poison that the TPLF buried over the last 27 years to create a different kind of federalism where people can live together in a regional state and that is the, the way out. By the way, I lived during the time of Haile Selassie, I know. No, no province during the emperor, no province was called by its ethnic name except the province of Tigray. Tigray was the only place. The rest are, Ilbabor has nothing to do with Oromos. Wallaga has nothing to do with Oromos. Gamo has nothing to do with Dorzes. Kafa, by the way, I would like to just give me a few minutes, I'll talk about Kafa. Kafa is a small ethnic group within the Kafa region. Very small group. That's where you get the name Kofi for, by the way. The name Kofi comes from that, from that region, Kafa. Kafa is a small group, but the predominantly it was inhabited by the Oromos, the Gimiras. So many people live there in that area. 
okay? And the, but nobody cared that the province was called Kaffa and Oromos lived peacefully there. Amaras lived there. So Kaffa province, the province, that province, everybody was proud about Kaffa. And uh, anybody from Bali, I don't know from Ethiopians, the Ethiopians, but those guys would say, the Bali's go, the Bali people would say, the, the, the people who come from Bali would say, Ijole Bali. That means, hey, I'm from Bali. I'm proud of being from Bali. You will ask, you will ask me later and I'll, I'll cut, I'll cut you, uh, yes, you I'll, can come so, with the question, but Ijole I... Bali, that is where they are proud of. Ijole Ilubabor, that is it. Ijole Walaga, that means the son of Walaga, the son of Bali, the son of... I'm gonna cut you also, yes. Wondemu, I'm sorry, okay. but we have to continue to the next one. So if we're talking about um, how we can deal with federalism, with uh, ethnic, uh, based on ethnicity or without ethnicity. What about federalism itself? Is it necessary or can we have, can we design another kind of institution for Ethiopia? I mean, in, th in theory, you can have a unitary state, uh, but I think it's a common choice in very large states, uh, very popular states, to have some kind of uh, uh, shared and um, divided rule. Uh, so it's a practical solution in a large country. Um, I think going back to a unitary state, it requires uh, a central government that everybody has a trust in. Um, that is really, uh, you know, it, it becomes even more important probably in a unitary state to have a government that is somebody, everybody can feel that they're representing, uh, represented in. Uh, at the moment, I'm not sure if, if Ethiopia is ready for that. Uh, and I think also the unitary state in Ethiopia, the, those forces that have been supporting a unitary state in the past are not uh, having the political support around the country at the moment. And they are very much linked to the old uh, Neftanya system and the Derg system. So um, therefore, I think it is difficult you know, there have been 27 years now of federalism. Of course, we, everybody knows, everybody agrees it's been used as a political tool, but it's still something that people have got accustomed to, and there are a lot of stakes in this system that it's difficult to undo it, as far as I see it. And um, I, I know it's, uh, it's, it, it's ideal to have a non-ethnic system, and maybe also a, a unitary system, but I think it will be difficult practically to, to do that at the moment. Before we move on and talk about the reform, do you have something to say about the unitary state? Uh, well, I think uh, federalism is a good thing as long as, as long as that doesn't put people in one enclave. If you put one people in one enclave, that is like what has been done in this in South Africa, Bantustan regime. That is for divide and rule. But I have nothing against federalism. Federalism is an okay thing. However, a unitary 
a unitary, one country, one flag, of course, this has to be there, but one country and just uh, stiffening people in one basket would create um, some sort of resistance. And uh, what the TPLF has done over the last 27 years is so difficult, as my colleagues say, to undo it. But you have to teach the people. You have to find what the people on the ground, not the politicians, not the politicians or not the so-called educated people. Okay, I will just stop there by citing one, one example. And that relates to all people, Ethiopians who came from Ethiopia and reached Oslo and living here in peace among the Norwegians. I live in a very small village called Datford, outside the town of Buckingham. On my right, English family. On my left, English family. On my, in front of me, English family. Behind me, English family. I am the only black person who doesn't even speak English in the right accent living among them. There is a system there. The British system is there, and nobody, nobody even dared to ask me to leave my home and go somewhere. If I am able to live among the British, a black man, in a place where there is no single black man except me, if I live peacefully, how can't I live among the Oromos? How can't I live among the Walaitas, my own people? That has to be undone. That has what has been done. The animosity that has been sworn by the TPLF has to be undone by whatever means necessary, but peacefully and lovingly. Unity and diversity, that is what it should be. That I, think is, uh, that I think is one of the main problems now for different ethnic groups to live in another ethnic uh, ethnic area. So uh, I'll bring you the next question and what can we expect of the reform that's taking place in Ethiopia now with, uh, with regard to ethnic politics, particularly with ethnic politics? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to say, really. I mean, there are, if you look, if you listen to the, to the speeches of Abi, at least, at least in the beginning, you, you could think that there is a hope for a non-ethnic politics and if you think that uh, he's genuine about the reforms that he started in order to prepare for the 2020 elections and genuine uh, opening where uh, citizen-based parties, uh, those who are not favoring an ethnic-based uh, politics can actually compete and that people can actually vote for this party without having any trouble and that those who are candidates for those citizen-based parties um, are able to win a seat, then I think there is, that's the first start of something. Uh, so reforms can open up. It will not solve the, the issue at, in, the, you know, in a moment, but it can be important first steps. Um, and, and there are a lot of uh, indications that you know, that could happen. Uh, first of all, the opposition has been allowed to return 
Uh, they, ha they, of course, they have problems. There, it's not an easy thing for them to reestablish themselves. Uh, the Gimbot Sabat, that was uh, the f the kind of the the origin was the Coalition for Unity and Democracy in 2005. That is has really been a proponent of uh, citizen-based politics. They are back and they are trying to mobilize. Uh, they they are in favor of abyss reforms. They have to some extent trust in the process. But of course, when, when the competition starts, when the real thing starts on the ground, you will see whether the IPADEF is genuine about what they're saying. And I think even if Abi is, is, is having good intentions, there of course will be, on the regional level, on the local level, competition for daily bread. Who's gonna win the election? Who's going to have that um, office um, in the next year? Uh, then the, the kind of practices of the old days, the electoral authoritarian practices, probably are going to um, make some impact still. Can you add something on that? And I, if you if you could uh, put also something together with it about uh, the, the regional, uh, the, the regional states are getting more power than the federal state, and so w w what do you think that should be done? Within the all, what do you expect of the reform about that? Okay. Um, what we saw since April 2018 has been very, very promising. Very, very promising. But that didn't come just, um, it's not given from anywhere, but the two major ethnic groups, that is the Oromo and Amharas, those who were divided by the TPLF and put at each other became aware of what was being played. And as my friend said, the youth of the Oromos organized themselves as Keros, and the youth of the Amaras organized as Fanos. They started communicating and created havoc for the TPLF. And that TPLF, TPLF's gun couldn't could stiffen them, couldn't stop them. Empty-handed, without anything, crossing their hands like that. Crossing their hands, empty-handed. They fought against a brutal regime led by the TPLF. You see, when you kill the Oromo child, they forgot that there was Oromo, there were Oromos in EPRDF. When they killed the Amara children, they forgot that there are Amharas within EPRDF. You see, they, they just completely ignored. Those who are EPRDF are our servants. They would do whatever they like. But the team Lemma came up, talked to the Amharas, the Amaras and the Oromos joined hands and created such an opportunity for Abi Ahmed and Tim Lemma, the Mecca, to come to power. That was a very promising thing. And TPLF holding Makale now. They are there. Of course, they have got guns that they ransacked, peeled, and took from Ethiopia. They have got money. The money donated from the Western countries. 
they are sitting there and they are buying all their agents, okay? That is fine. But the future is not that gloomy. I have not lost hope on Abiy Ahmed, whatever, whatever has occurred. What, oh, yes, he is from Oromo. Yes, Oromo nationalists are evicting other, other ethnic groups from their region. They are becoming so powerful. They have got their armies already. The Amara nationalism is coming up. If the Amhara nationalism dominates, Ethiopia has no hope, really, because the two ethnic groups, again, start at each other's throat, and there is no future. However, the central government has to be stronger, not by force, but by convincing. The madamer that, madamer means additions, to add up, not to subtract, not to exclude, but to include. So if that works and the central government becomes, I'm finishing, if the central government becomes stronger, yeah. the future is bright. I was going to actually ask your suggestions as my last question. What do you expect to be done or, or, or what do you think should be done to de-escalate ethnic conflicts in Ethiopia, whatever the outcome is on the next election? So uh, what, do you, what do you suggest? I wish I had a solution, <laughs> but I don't. I think it's really difficult because uh, uh, it doesn't really help to suppress ethnic uh, mobilization. That has been shown in the past. On the other hand, you need to keep law and order. You need to, to show people where the red line is, yes. that they cannot cross and go into criminality in the name of their ethnic group, as is in many places unfortunately happening at the moment. Um, the solution, yeah, if they manage that. And then, of course, I, I think uh, in a way uh, you're right that the central government needs to show uh, its power to some extent, uh, not, not in an author authoritarian way, but in a, in a democratic but firm way. At the moment, Abi is in one way perceived to be a strong prime minister, but then the internal tensions in the EPDF is making the regional governments able to play on this and um, to, to exploit the situation and um, challenge the central government. So it's, it's a very difficult situation. Yes, it is. Uh, let's hear one of the most suggestions before we move on to, to the audience question. Okay. Um, well, as an Ethiopian, um, as an Ethiopian, what I want to see is that uh, all ethnic groups has to come together, and they have to be put together. They have to to the elders of the Amhara, the elders of the Oromo, the elders of the. Uh, particularly, you know, last time there were mothers going around and preaching uh, peace. That is so sweet. That is really lovely. They went to, they went everywhere. Mothers, mothers. We don't want our children to die in a conflict. So let's get together. We are all Ethiopians. So in the next election, what I suggest is give Yes, 
give the right to people, okay, fine, practice your ethnic identity, but don't forget your heritage. Because in Ador, it's not the blood of the Amaras, which was only lit. It's the blood of the Oromos. Actually, Oromos paid so much to uh, keep the freedom of Ethiopia. So they paid dearly with their blood. And that blood was mixed already in the battlefield to protect, to preserve Ethiopia. Promote more, more unity than, than really um, ethnicizing uh, the, the country. Yet let, but let, let these, those, like what happened to last week was a shame. Gumbo Sabat went to Bahardar. The Hamaras didn't let it have, they, 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 were, they were threatening them. So a meeting, was, a meeting was stopped. That shouldn't happen anywhere. Those who are competing on the basis of Ethiopia should be allowed to go anywhere and promote their idea like we are promoting, we are talking now. People should put their ideas Unity is the most important thing. I love unity. I love not the unity of Ethiopians also. I want to see the unity of Somalia, Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, live alone ethnic groups. The solution should be promoting unity, unity, and unity. Thank you. Thank you, Ondumu. So now the floor is yours. You can, can start with you. Yeah, you have to come to the front when you have a question. The question I would like to ask both of you um, is, do you think that it will happen an election or it will be a postponed election? I need a more pragmatic answer, not about, yeah, what do you think about uh, the situation you have described with both of you? Mm -hmm. Because <clears throat> there is a lot of tension uh, in the south, in the west, in Atsawa. Do you think that it will be a postponed uh, election? Thank you very much. We can have one more. We can have one more question, so you can answer it together to save time. I have no different question, but to add more about this election, because this time, as you have said, there is no chance for Gumbot Savat to have meeting in Bahada. Even for other political groups, they have no chance even to open office in other rural areas. And there is a problem. So I'm worried about the coming election. Is it possible to have election on your uh, assessment, I think? Thank you. OK, elections. Um, I think that the opposition is very divided on the timing of the elections. So those political parties who have been in Ethiopia during the last 27 years who have not been going in exile, they generally prefer the elections to be held on time because they have been there. They have their organizations on the ground. Those parties who returned, like in Sabat, who needs time to establish themselves, they would like the elections to be postponed also for completing the reforms that have already started. Then there are a lot of practical issues that need to be solved before elections, like the census. The census was originally timed for 2017. 
then it was time for 2019, uh, uh, April, and now it has been postponed again. If you don't have a census, it's very difficult to uh, make new um, constituencies uh, and make, uh, you know, credible constituencies, boundaries between election, um, uh, what's it called in English? Constituencies? L yes. Um, and, and of course, also the census in itself can create more conflicts because there will be uh, discussions, are these counted? What about the IDPs? What about areas where there are mixed uh, populations? How are they going to be counted? And what about the rayas and the comment in the border areas between Amhara and, and uh, Tigray, for example? And then another issue, which is also complicating the, the preparations for the elections, is that they have now started the process of introducing digitalized elections. Um, that is, you know, having a biometric voter registration and possibly also um, uh, a digitalized uh, counting of votes. And this is, if you look at experience from other African countries, you see that this is very complicated. It takes time to understand and how to make this credible. Um, and at the moment, you have a electoral board. Yes, it has a new a chairman, Bertukon Medeksa, but all the rest of the electoral board is the old one, which is very weak in capacity, and they can impossibly handle a digitalized election. So uh, I think, you know, and, and, and in addition, you have uh, a lack of rule of law on the ground in many corners of the country, and an election in such a situation would probably make uh, more violence than is at the moment. So there are a lot of arguments favoring postponing the elections. If you postpone them more than six months, you need a constitutional change. Uh, and that is also a process in itself. And, um, but of course, Abbi is not an elected prime minister. He should be having people's votes if he's going to continue the reform. So in that way, it could be a strong argument in favor of having elections on time. All right, we can, we can go on to the next question. The girl with the yes. Thank you. Um, my name is Ellen Katrin Kjøstrud, and I work for Statistics Norway. And you started talking about uh, actually starting answering my question because it's about the census. Um, but my question is concerning. I know that the census is coming up. I know nothing about what they're going to ask about in the survey. But it's always a debated question whether to include ethnicity or what language people speak in the census. And I'm wondering, you seem to know a lot about it, so whether they are actually asking those questions in the census. And if not, um, if you know if it would be good for Ethiopia to know the ethnicity of its people all over, uh, or if it would be more divisive to collect that data, which is not collected in some other countries, just based on, we don't want to know. It creates more problems than it uh, solves. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do we have more questions? First of all, I would like to thank you for your uh, wonderful presentation. But you have just mentioned from political perspective only about the ethnic impact. But you didn't mention about the economic impact. Because when you mentioned, uh, I think you have mentioned about the resource. But I, what, my question is that 
uh, as you know that it's not only the politics has impact for the Abyss government to have such a uh, sort of problem as currently. But what you expect that Abyss government should take in the coming one year regarding the economic crisis? As you know that Ethiopian people have people, almost uh, 50 over 50% of the population is under age and it is, uh, unemployment is also uh, one of the main problems. So what sh measures should he take? Just can you put it just a step by step or chronological? Just from your research, because you, you read a lot, I'm from from Ethiopian Commons Forum, and we have also the same uh, similar meeting on the coming Saturday on Ethiopian current issues. We have short time for step by step, but you can try something. <laughs> yeah, with the census, I am not really sure whether they will include in uh, the ethnic uh, identity. I'm not sure. Uh, it's correspondent also, so we don't know the yeah. details of it. But it, of course, it's a really hot issue, and it's been very much discussed. Uh, so I don't, I'm not sure what the debate will, uh, what it, what will end up with. But I, I'm really, uh, it would be really interesting to hear more about these countries that have actually not put ethnic uh, um, identity in the census. I think that's something that there is a political room for it at the moment because of Abi's um, rhetoric. But whether it's possible uh, to do it in practice, I'm not sure. And then about the economic policies, um, that's not really my major expertise, you know, whether he should liberalize, whether he should, uh, you know, all these things. Um, and but what I, I, I have been following a little bit is, um, is the developmental state policies and how they have been trying to uh, attract foreign direct investment. Um, and as far as if you look at the, the way they have been managing to attract foreign direct investment, that has been much based on the fact that the country uh, is a relatively stable country, at least up until now. They could say that we come to us, we are providing you with tax holidays and um, and stability, and first of all, maybe cheap labor. Uh, if they don't manage to keep stability, these uh, uh, foreign direct investment and investors would leave the country. I'm I'm sure. So there is a delicate balance here, and of course, foreign direct investment is not the solution in the longer run, I think. And it is not providing um, those thousands of women who work in the factories with the, a decent work at the moment. As an economist, do you have something to add? Not much than what my colleague here said. Um, to begin with, um, I just want to go a little bit on the election the, the, the census, I won't say anything about that one. Regarding the election, um, Ethiopia is currently in turmoil. Um, the people has to settle down. There are so many people evicted. They have to be settled somewhere. Uh, each political party, wherever they are based on ethnic politics or whatever they are, they have to come up with their strategies and tactics, and nobody has got, nobody has issued their own, you know, on what platform are they going to compete? They are not even ready. Some have just came uh, from abroad, and they are just settling. What is their agenda? That, what, what platform are they going to compete? First of all, 
without regarding the economy, I can say hours, but I'm not allowed. Therefore, the economy, when it comes to the economy, start from the land. The land itself has to be denationalized. It has to be privatized. The land is now in the hands of the government. The regional government can evict you from your land, from wherever you are there, because the policy is that the government is too using the, the land as a tool itself to separate the people. These are, these are, though many things have to be avoided. The Constitution, we have questions on the Constitution itself. Something has to be done about that as well. You talked about election. We can't, we can't postpone that. It, ha it is a man-made. It has to be if the parliament, whatever they have now, agree, if there is an agreement, the election can be postponed until the country stabilizes, until the people comes down, until they come down, like, you know, peace, stability, and then free election. And that's what I can say here. All right, more questions? And then you can come to, so we can have both questions. Can you say something about the, your perspective on the, the Ethiopian diaspora and uh, which role they play in promoting uh, yeah, ethnic politics or unitary uh, state or, yeah. So as you see here, we have a large Ethiopian diaspora in Norway, wherever in Europe, uh, with strong uh, opinion and, and, uh, and which are divided. So uh, what's your perspective on that? We'll get one more question and then we'll, you can answer. Thank you for your explanations, both of you, by the way. Uh, I got uh, some three questions. The first one was like, how do you see the possibility of unified country with the diversity when almost all the political parties or groups have ethnicized their political ideology instead of nationalizing it? And uh, do you think parties are less ethnicized now than before? actually. And uh, reg regarding the election, perhaps ZPM talks about the possible election, but actually do we have really parties that could make a strong government to lead the country to choose as a moment talking regarding that? Thank you. Thank you both for your interventions. Um, I have a questions on, um, my name is Camilla by the way, uh, regarding uh, alternative forms of mobilization outside ethnic groups. Uh, personally, I'm interested in labor, uh, and uh, I have been working with a labor union in Ethiopia. So, so I wonder if there are other groups, not necessarily labor, but interest-based farmers, young people, uh, and to what extent has the protest movement that we've seen during the last 10, 15 years that occasionally came up and pushed for democracy, to what extent have they been able to mobilize across ethnic groups? So if, is there any kind of grassroots alternative that are not ethnic-based, basically? Thank you. We can start with the diaspora question. I think that's a very, very, very good question, the diaspora. Those of us who are living in comfort materially, but completely devastated and worrying and not passing sleepless nights 
about our people in Ethiopia. We want peace, stability for our country. Some of us cross the Sahara Desert and go here. Once we go here, all we have to think about, well, you have the government of Ethiopia has taken us physically out of Ethiopia, but mentally we are there. We are with our people. If you think for your people, if you think for Ethiopia, if you love for your country, please don't promote divisions abroad, please. Don't promote division, but unity. My, I'm begging each and every citizen of Ethiopia who have been evicted from Ethiopia and went into exile. Remember the Jewish community. They were evicted from where they lived and they were scattered throughout the world, but they networked among themselves and managed to, 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 to safeguard their culture, their religion, their identity, who they are. It is the most important one that you safeguard the Ethiopian identity. That don't expect me to safeguard any other identity. My identity is Ethiopian. That is what I beg each and every one of you. Imagine where you live. You can do so many things for your country. You can contribute in your area where you were born, for example, to finance schools, hospitals. We can do that. We can influence politically as well. We have got the knowledge. We've got the power as well. If we are sincere about our country, we can do so many things. Please don't spread divisions, hatred, and animosity. We are the children of Ethiopia. Thank you. We move, we move to the, uh, the election and the better organized political parties question asked by... Yeah. I mean, how many opposition parties are there? 82 or 100? We have 107 parties now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. We, we, we hope it will <laughs> decrease, but it just increases. Yes, now. it increased. So <laughs> that is, uh, you know, a good illustration of this situation. Uh, that opposition parties do not manage to organize themselves to be, uh, to be realistic competitors of the EPRF. You have, of course, two blocks that have been relevant in the past and that may reinvigorate themselves. You have the MEDREC, the ethnic-based opposition, uh, with the old uh, guards, um, uh, Marera Godina and Bayana Petros. They have some ability to appeal, uh, but of course they may not represent uh, the alternative that many people want. They are ethnic-based. Yeah. Then you have the, uh, the Gimbot Sabat and the Buddhist Party and the Ethiopian Devo uh, Democratic Party that are now merging. They, they were a very important opposition in 2005. They could possibly mobilize again, but they have practical problems, as you mentioned. Uh, and then there is a completely new actor uh, in, in, on the scene now, which is called the Amhara National... Pop Nas what's it? Nama? Nama. Yeah, it's the Amhara National... National movement. movement. The Amara. Yes. Which is an ethnic-based Amhara party for the first time in history. Um, and I think that's a big reflection of 
how, um, in a way, as you said, is 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 politics now more ethnicized than before? Yes, it is maybe more ethnicized in a way that Amharas now see the need of organizing on an ethnic basis. They have traditionally been uh, seeing pan-Ethiopianism and have supported the uh, the citizenship-based parties. But now uh, they, some to some extent, feel a bit threatened by the Oromo. Uh, and in Addis Ababa, for example, they uh, are afraid uh, of if the Oromos are going to take over Addis Ababa, what about us? So there is a lot of room for mobilization for such a party. So, um, yeah, but are they experienced? Uh, are they having enough credibility to s to govern the, the the country? We don't know. Uh, uh, but uh, Medrek has been suggesting from the start a coalition government, a kind of national unity government as a transition in a transition phase. Maybe that could be uh, an option. Um, but that could then it is only ethnic based. Uh, so maybe it would be good to have a, a very broad coalition government uh, as a as a start. About that, yes, a I'm short one. A line, a line with my colleague. Uh, if you go the ethnic way, the ethnic politics. If you promote that, each ethnic group will be having. Uh, oh, by the way, there won't except EPRD. There is no strong political party right now in Ethiopia. The only strong political party is the ruling party. That is it. Others are franchised. We don't even have any any anyone who would um, who would really challenge that. Uh, what I would like to say is, okay, um, an Oromo ethnic group party will be competing not in the Amara region. Would be competing in the Oromo region. The Amara region would be the Oram Amara ethnic party would be competing. And imagine that all the these parties competing within their ethnic group. Uh, who wins there? Nobody, really. Because if you, are, if you win more, more numbers in the Oromo and you become, can you be uh, a, a prime minister of uh, the whole Ethiopia? No, you are an Oromo and you are for Oromo only. Therefore, for Ethiopia, you need, uh, the way out is if if this ethnic politics is promoted, just as you touched it a little bit, if that goes on, it would only be a coalition government of all parties and not and probably it could be like a, um, a, a, what you call it, um, uh, relatively, whoever wins gets a little more place, and like that. Um, other than that, there is no there is no unitary government as such, unless they create a unit, 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 a coalition of various groups of ethnic parties. But those those Ethiopian national-based parties probably they will not be strong enough to win. That is what I see here. And then there was the question about non-ethnic. Yes. Yeah. I have a very direct question. No no, no, we I, need I, to answer the questions that have already been asked. Plus about the labor mobilization. I didn't get the whole question, so if... If, if he has... Yes. Okay, thank you. Yes. So, um, 
I am afraid that there is, as far as I know, there isn't very strong non-ethnic organizations among the youth. That is much the result of um, the practices of since 1991. You have had youth organizations that have been organized on the basis of ethnic uh, identities, the youth associations around the country, very close to the EPRF. Um, and then, of course, those who were organizing across ethnic identities who really tried to push uh, human rights, uh, individual rights, they were much, very much uh, a victim of the civil society law that came in 2009. Um, and I think, as far as I know, there are not really very strong non-ethnic uh, alternatives at the moment. Um, because the youth that pushed for, for the change, they were ethnic-based. Uh, and of course, you could see that the alliance between the Amaras and the Romos was promising, that may now, we may now have a, a cross-ethnic mobilization. But as it has now developed, uh, it is not really going in the multi-ethnic direction. It's kind of going down to the different ethnic groups again. About the trade union who asked that question, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, I am uh, a member of Ethiopian Teachers Association. I fought for their rights all throughout, but these associations were crushed by the TPLF-led government. The trade union, Federation of Ethiopian uh, Ethiopia Labor Union, something like that, that one was crushed, and uh, the TPLF has created and its own image, cloned, and replaced the genuine ones, and all those up to be reorganized. All those who have been created by the TPLF should really leave the ground to the true union, trade unionists. The trend, trade union that exists now, they are not trade unions, they are mouthpiece of the ruling government then they are based on ethnic, and they, 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 the, the TPLF has crushed them out. We know how much, how much the Ethiopian Teachers Association lost, how many teachers were killed. Asafamaru was the first one, the first victim. After that, um, you know that Taye, Waldesamayat, had been in prison for so many years. We fought for them, and some are in exile. Many of them are, now there is no genuine trade unions in the country, no labor union in there. We have to work these civic organizations to take root, and they would definitely be a good promoting, the ones that would promote um, the ground, pave the ground for a good, um, you know, national consensus and f fight not for their ethnic group but for their profession. I'm going to stop you now, so we don't. It's not my time now. We're going to take their time. Right. So, thank you all for showing up, and uh, let's thank our panelists, and that will be for today.